to the Republic of Middle-Aged Men. Uh, you've got your hosts tonight, uh, myself, Tim, and you've got Lachlan. Howdy. And Ruben. Hey, uh. uh Guys, tonight I'm trying something different. Cognac. Woohoo. Uh, it's this little bottle. Um, it's French, so I don't think it's Camus. It's probably pronounced some other way. Um, <laughs> How? Say it for me. Well, it's uh, Camus Exo Elegance. Um, so yeah, it does not sound sure like a cologne. About. You sure it's not <laughs> cologne? Well, <laughs> if it's cologne, it's very nice tasting cologne. <laughs> it does smell nice, but it's not strong. Um, yeah. How about you, Lachlan? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, creature of habit. I'm still having uh, gin and tonics. Um, I've got a, uh, a different one tonight. I've got a, a Tanqueray um, French Black Current Special Edition or something like that. It's quite nice. Good, good. Fancy. And, uh, how about you, Ruben? Uh, I'm on the Captain Morgan's Original Spiced Gold. Oof, there you go. That sounds good. Mm. Captain Morgan. Morgan's one of my favorite car makers. Um, they do a three-wheel Morgan, which I just love and if I won Lotto it would be the first vehicle I would buy after a TR7 <laughs> I've never heard you talk about it before ever Tim <laughs> <laughs> so once uh, there was a concept car of an electric three wheel Morgan and Lachlan sent it to me and at first I thought it was blasphemy um, <laughs> but uh, I've warmed to it I actually quite like it now <laughs> it's so. super cool uh, it, it's got a weird asymmetrical uh, headlight arrangement which um, I can't quite remember because it, it was ages ago that thing um, mm. got sort of put up as a concept but um, it's a really unique looking thing and it sounded like it had a supercharger as well like it had a really unusual kind of sound for an electric car it's pretty cool yeah I liked it I thought it was good um, why are you guys so obsessed with cars that I couldn't possibly ever fit in <laughs> you could fit in a Morgan three wheeler it's got no roof you just step into it and then away you go. And you can, being Morgan, you could probably get them to customize it. Yeah, you know, from factory, they they do make cars to order because they still <laughs> make them by hand. So, mm. which is good. Did you see Richard Hammond's one got destroyed? That one that he got made online got people to vote on the interior colors. He had a flood on his property and it got completely destroyed uh, and written off. It's like really sad. Sure. Yeah, really mm. sad. They're a cool car. Mm. Um, before we get into it, uh, any we've all had holidays this week. I've done a lot of gaming. I played uh, heaps of Destiny Two. Got my character all specked up. I've got my gear score above the minimum light level, which is <laughs> fantastic. Um, and I even got to do some uh, gaming yesterday with um, my son, my niece, and my dad, all playing Destiny mm. Two. We we're doing the uh, big six-player public event thing with two randos and um that was really 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 good and then we did some pvp and some um other you know two versus two games and mm. my son is getting pretty good he sniped me a few times in pvp and i was like "Ooh, <laughs> someone's getting competent <laughs> um, once i was the padawan but now i am the master yeah and I'm like, you're not there yet. You're not there yet, bud. But uh, you're certainly improving a lot. And um, but my niece and I teamed up against my dad and him and dominated because um, my son just 
is so easily distracted. All you have to do is like shoot a bullet in a direction and he'll run off by himself and leave my poor old man <laughs> by himself. And then like munch my, my niece just stays with me and we just destroy. Um, so <laughs> it was funny. But, um, it just sort of highlighted the difference between a, a, a 12, 13 year old girl and a 12, 13 year old boy. 12, 13 year old girl could pay attention and work as a team. 12, 13 year old boy, no. <laughs> it was funny. funny. Did you get up to any gaming, Lachlan? Um, not much, actually. Um, I um, I just downloaded off Game Pass. There was a new one called uh, Sable, um, which is just kind of a bit of a unusual, um, kind of like, how do I put it? It's, it looks like a kind of graphic novel style um, animation, if you know what I mean. Um, I've only just sort of started in on that. Um, I had still been playing a bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I snuck a little bit into, but... Um, but no, I've mostly been doing um, gardening and, and stuff this week and uh, stuff around the house, clearing out garages and um, doing lots of uh, middle-aged stuff that you need to do. Um, <laughs> although I, I have um, uh, dropped the, uh, the cappuccino off at the uh, workshop, so um, stuff's about to happen on that uh, tomorrow. So um, Very good. What's going on there? Uh, so, look, I actually... Um, I got impatient and uh, slapped the wheels on myself. Um, <laughs> so I sort of had my sneak peek there. Um, but I've got um, coilover suspension going on. I've mm-hmm. got a new um, catback exhaust going on. Um, I, a, a bunch of other just sort of like sort of boring mechanical stuff, which is just more sort of service related than sort of performance related. Um yeah, and a few other sort of like cosmetic sort of trinkets. So I've got, uh, I, I chucked on um, the, the carbon fiber boot, but I've got to get the, um, got to get it clear coated and the uh, the carbon fiber roof panel clear coated as well, because otherwise the UV will make it go yellow as it tends to happen. But um, yeah, yeah, so it's gonna, it's gonna be pretty cool. Get my, my vision starting to come together, which is pretty cool. Nice, so does the exhaust, is it less offensive than the one that's on there? I remember you telling me the one that was on there sounded like a what was a, a milo tin full of angry bees or something yeah it, <laughs> it sucks the exhaust that's on there um <laughs> the guy who had the car reckons it was the standard exhaust but it's it's not i think it's got like a i don't know i'm not sure if it's got a hole in it somewhere um and i think it's using like a a, a motorbike tip on it or something like that it just it's just sounds crap and it's got really bad uh resonance and and stuff at like usable sort of revs that just drives you crazy when you're driving around in it so um so this one that i've got is called a quiet power so it's supposed to be not too offensive but you you know still hear a little bit of rumble if you know what i mean so uh, hopefully it's a a good sensible but still fun sort of option on there but um yeah rumble Uh, out of what's the engine capacity uh yeah was it 665 (laughs) cubic centimeters yes (laughs) i guess not even a one liter engine yeah there are some loaner motorbikes that sound a little bit rumbly so i guess you can make it a bit rumbly well i mean it sounds like a sports bike Mm. currently um so we'll we'll see if it sounds a bit more mature after uh after this gets chucked on there (laughs) who knows i might get uh get bored and, and throw a uh Suzuki uh, 1.2 litre motorbike engine on there and just cut to the chaser. Mm. Got some horrible in there. Yeah. 
I'd have to stick Suzuki, mate. So uh, just throw it, throw a big Jixer in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? How about you, Rivers? Did you get up to gaming? Oh, a little bit of gaming. I had a good week, though. I threw some weights around almost every day, so my body's feeling pretty good. Um, and I hooked into a book. I, I just I felt the desire to try to understand mass societal compliance. So I went back to the uh, some of the classics about uh, pre-World War II Germany. I'm um, mm. reading one called uh, So They Thought They Were Free, um, which mm. is a bloke that uh, interviewed a bunch of... Uh, uh, national socialists post World War Two to try and figure out, you know, what, what was their thought process in joining the party and so on. So that's been fascinating. Um, and apart from that, today I wrote my first blog post ever, so that was that was good fun. Nice. Um, but it's been a good week, really relaxing and uh, enlightening. Good, good. Well, um, I'm back to work tomorrow, so. Me too. Sad. Absolutely. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Um, all right, well, let's let's get into this week's one. So um, we're having a repeat of book three where um, we're going to have to split this book into three episodes, not two, because it's <laughs> just so chunky. Um, but the good news story is um, we're going to be able to start wrapping up the looking at the larger writing, so to speak. Um, so that's that's pretty exciting. Hmm. Yeah, we actually we actually finally get a definition this week. Yeah, so we don't know whether it's going to be the end one <laughs> or whether it's going to be the right one, but we get a definition. Yeah. So yeah, it's something. Half, ten weeks in, in. Yeah, ten <laughs> weeks in. We'll, ten weeks in, we we get something. <laughs> so um, all right. So look, where we wrapped up last week, we were just coming into where they're talking about uh, the Apollo and the God of Delphi. Uh, in regards to the institution of temples and sacrifices and the services of the gods, and that's kind of yeah, where we pulled would... the uh, the pin. Yeah. They're coming off the back of a whole bunch of stuff about asking a question around whether they should legislate all different aspects of life, and I think that was the last one they got to was just, do we need to set the rules around that? Yeah. Um, so thankfully, uh, which is very out of character. Um, Socrates decides to handball that one um, <laughs> which I'm so grateful for <laughs> and as every week passes on I just keep thinking back to early in chapter 1 where the old guy just walks off laughing I'm like you bastard you got him right we're, up we're 10 weeks in you bastard yeah yeah thanks <laughs> um, anyway so look he yeah he decides look we, we've got some things in place for that already um, it's not something that we're particularly experts at, so um, let's just run with that. And so he basically he basically says, "Well, that's your state. That's your perfect state." And then, in my opinion, he just gets up and tries to walk away. <laughs> something like that. It, it was another classic uh, Socrates handball move of uh, eh, guys. Uh, my work here's done, so uh, you guys are. Step on in, tag in, and do the heavy lifting now. You can, uh, <laughs> um, it should you, be easy uh, to find you... justice now that we have the perfect state. So, yeah. did you have that highlighted at all? I, I didn't really pull out a quote, but yeah, he basically says, "All right, you boys, you brothers, figure it out now, and uh, I'll be on my way." Yeah. Pretty much. I, I just love it how Glaucon just kind of like just slaps it straight back on him. 
and <laughs> says, uh, let me remind you, you know, you promised to find justice yourself if we uh, built this perfect society. Uh, so he pretty quickly backpedals. And, uh, yeah, I don't, oh, I don't know how all these... I'll help you, but, uh, you know, I want you guys to, you know, help Come me Come along out. for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, it feels like feigned, uh, it feels like feigned, uh, humility to me. But, um, <laughs> he, I don't know how old he is, um, at this point, but it, it almost feels kind of like he's forgotten and they've had to remind him. Mm. <laughs> Like, remember you said, you said that you were going to do, you weren't going to let this go, Socrates, because it's really, really important. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I did say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll read the passage from my book um, for those listening. So, uh, so after he says, look, let's leave the religious stuff to the priests, um, they go, you are right, and we will do as you propose. So, but where amid all this is justice? Son of Arison, tell me where. Now that our city has been made habitable... Light a candle and search and get your brother and Polymarchus and the rest of our friends to help and let us see in it where we can discover justice and where injustice uh, and in what they differ from one another and which of them the man who would be happy should have for his portion, whether seen or unseen by gods and men. Nonsense, said Glaucon. Did you not promise to search yourself, saying that for you not to help justice in her need would be an impiety? (laughs) I do not deny that I said so, and as you remind me, I will be as good as my word. But you must join. We will. I'll be as good as my word, but you had to remind me to do it. <laughs> yeah, and and you have to help me. Yeah, <laughs> you have to help. Yeah, the moocher, <laughs> Socrates, the mooch. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Every time you can always trust him on that one. <laughs> so that, so well, that leads us up to our our next point of uh, where is the justice where is justice Mm. yeah so so they kind of lay out a a framework for how they're going to decide what justice is you're about to say something like one go yeah i I, it's interesting i mean we just sort of like land on this uh this concept um that they're sort of going to run with it and we know like uh socrates kind of likes these frameworks to to have his arguments around so he builds one here um, and he says, you know, what are the, the, the qualities we're going to find in this state? And uh, he's saying, you know, uh, if we find the three main um, qualities, then the, the one that remains should be justice. So let's go and name these three um, qualities now and we'll go through what they are and then we'll, whatever's left, we should be able to find justice. Yeah, he pretty much just almost... It, it kind of feels like he just presupposes that this is the perfect state and these mm. are the four qualities that that state will exhibit and here they are. And he just yeah. goes, wisdom, yeah. courage, temperance, and justice. And there's sort yeah. of no pushback. They're just like, yeah, yeah, we have a perfect state. That's what they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they, that they're established... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're the established standards at the time. So, which is wisdom, courage, temperance, and uh, justice. Well, Tim, you um, you uh, had an interesting thought on that, didn't you? You sort of yeah. uh, rang a bell for some more contemporary ideas. And when yeah. I say contemporary, I mean 200 years after this. Yeah, so um, I, I do enjoy some Stoicism, um, and they're the Stoic virtues. Um, so Stoicism was established you know, 200-ish years after Socrates. Um, and these were the, the principles of Stoicism from day one. Um, 
which suggests to me that they were already commonly used and they've continued to be used um, since then so the the Catholic Church also uh, refer to these um, four principles as well um, and even now like they're not words that we're not used to hearing when we're thinking about these types of ideas so um, yeah I, I reckon well, it's said... just a standard set of of lists that point to virtue you said something interesting about um, the, the Catholic Church thing on it something about them saying yeah uh, so yeah they're, they're saying that um, in the same way that Newton didn't invent the laws that he is known for discovering um, but he articulated them um, that the Catholics will argue that Plato and Socrates didn't come up with these things but they articulated them and that they were able to articulate them because they're true and that's why the Catholic Church embraces the same principles as um, these guys and as the Stoics because they believe that they're true I think and I think Plato would have agreed with that Oh, mm. or, or Plato and Socrates would have agreed with that because they're, they're very big on um, you know the, the truth and, and, and Socrates and Plato's Plato goes on to articulate this theory of forms you know this idea of abstract principles that are more real than, than the physical world so yeah I, I thought that was really interesting that you picked up on that yeah, it is interesting. Um, there's a guy who um, does a, a website called Everyday Stoic. He, um, he writes books. His name is Ryan Holiday. Um, he did an article comparing Stoicism uh, to Christianity and basically does a really honest observation of the two belief systems and shows you know, their similarities and their differences um, and how you know, they have slightly different answers about how to find... Um, the solutions to your problems and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, if you if anyone's listening and is interested, he's certainly a good guy to check out because he's intellectually honest. He will just say, "This is what the Stoics believed, and this is what the Christians believed, and this is how they're the same, and this is how they're different." There's, he he doesn't insert himself anywhere in that conversation on that article that he's written about that. It's just purely, this this is the facts, and this is how they compare i didn't realize they were uh, mutually exclusive because i must admit i don't have too much um sort of background knowledge of uh, stoicism other than really what we've sort of you know been discussing off and on so um yeah no it's uh, um it's a thing he's what's his book um uh he, his most famous book is the obstacle is the way um and that's where he breaks down a lot of the lessons from marcus aurelius's journal um as well as he's a big fan of seneca and those guys so yeah, because okay. um, yeah, and that's the, the, there is crossover because even um, Saint Augustine talks quite a bit about that crossover in um, City of God, which is what I think that's written about four hundred years after the death of Christ or thereabouts, um, and even he's addressing those crossovers. So it's you know it's a debate that's been around for a while. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I've got sort of two questions. Off the basis, off the back of that, so they've given these four virtues that they say would be present in a perfect state. And, and the, my first question is: um, Is four enough? Like, yeah. well, what else? What else could be? Like, it, it, could there be others? Like, are, are we happy with just the four? And then my other question is sort of: um, If we take those four virtues, let's, 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 let's just say we accept that that that's what. Uh, a good society would exhibit 
Mm. And can we take those, could we even take those four virtues and apply them to today, to our societies today? Is it even translatable? Or is it almost like a different language at this point? That's a big question. (laughs) Do you have something to say on that, Lachlan, or are you chewing it over? Yeah, it certainly needs a bit of thinking power on that one. Um, Yeah, look... I think this is very much in the, in the just the, the, the Socratic way of thinking is to just try and keep things simple. And I think probably if you're in a bar having a chat with him, he'd probably sort of say, you know what, there probably are a few more we we could include in that as well. Um, but for and the I sake think of this, argument. Yeah, but, and I, I think he's, he's just trying to keep it brief, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> Socrates, keep it brief. Right on. Well, I mean... <laughs> As brief it can be. I mean, we could be here for a hundred weeks rather than ten weeks. <laughs> I'm going to pull up that um, clip when we hit a hundred episodes. <laughs> but I think we just sort of see this is a bit of a theme with him. Um, when he does things, he likes to seem he seems to like to break things down into groups of three, groups of four, and it yeah. never seems to be much more than that. It's just like let's just try and kind of compress it because because he has this philosophy around keeping things simple. Um, that's so, true. Yeah, he's always about all that. He's all about that unity. Yeah. So, look, I don't know if he's trying to treat these as a bit more uh, all-encompassing. And I guess, like, as we start to talk through, you know, what is wisdom, what is courage, um, you know, they do talk about a few things. But I don't know. I mean, um, you know, where is I don't know. I, I guess temperance has a very sort of loose meaning and can sort of like encapture a lot of mm. things. So, I mean, you might sort of say the principle that should be there, like, I don't know, uh, honesty or trustworthiness or something like that. I don't know. Well, my book says self-discipline is is how Mm. it translates that temperance. So, yeah, you're right. Like, what is it? What is it? What does it mean? Yeah. But um, Can I I put forward a different angle before we continue? I actually actually think it's probably just assumed that that's what it is in the same way that, um, how can I, like, so as a, like, as a Christian... Um, if I was to say, when you look at uh, a civilization that's living under God's law, um, then a default set of rules would be the Ten Commandments. You just know sure. Ten Commandments. If they're doing those things, then they're, they're meeting the the, the uh, requirements of God's law. Um, mm. So I, I think it's probably just that. It's probably that they've already debated what is virtue and what is virtuous, mm. and that these are the four principles of virtue um and so it's like it just an assumed well that that's not up for debate that's just what it is that's uh, i think that's probably more what it is too like it might be both it might be him trying to keep it simple but i I suspect given that the very first stoic walks out and goes these are the values because i've already learned them from heraticalis or whatever his name was yeah i think it's just a thing that is for granted lack of a better term I find that interesting, um, and I I don't know enough about the period to sort of back that. Only to sort of put the counter argument of the fact that they're having this conversation is the fact that they're seeing a society embrace rules that are not sort of in falling in with those kind of principles, and that the very reason they're having these conversations because people are acting in ways that are dishonest. And that, um, you know, that's the whole sort of argument, I guess, is that 
you know, yeah, you're right. Because yeah, I can see that. Like early on, they basically say that the, the most people accept the idea that uh, justice is the will of the powerful, or whatever it was, or that um, mm. well, being being acting acting unjustly is more beneficial. So the, the society mm. that they're in has sort of accepted that. Yeah, because I mean, it's it seems like uh, as long as you're getting ahead, it's okay to screw everyone over. As long as you give thanks to the gods and get back in the good graces before you cark it, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, and uh, and that's why I think they're trying to sort of establish this. So, um, so in, in some sense, I don't know. Maybe it is well known what they should be doing. As you're sort of saying, Tim, it's just that they're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's well uh, once, once again, they're zoo. trying to <laughs> they're, they're trying to sketch out, you know, this perfect society, I suppose. So that's that's yeah. why they can sort of talk in that fashion. Look, for me, one thing that, and and this is like I totally acknowledge that this is probably because we live so much later and so much has happened, and, and our societies are so much different. But I think. What what I, when I read those virtues, I was like, where where is um, where is charity or mercy? You could probably sort of mix them together because I think if most like most people would say for a society to be good, mm. it needs to there needs to be uh, compassion or charity or mercy. You know, it's got to take care of the poor. Um, and sort of so I, I for me when I read that that list of virtues, I was like, that seems like it's missing. Um, Did they yeah. really care about that back then? I, I, I actually don't. No, know no, I, I totally agree. Um, but for me, I, I think universally speaking, that that, mm. that is that they were missing that as a virtue, and I think it probably should have been there. I know, I know why it's not, and you can see that it's not when the when Socrates is describing the way his state is going to function. When it comes to people who are sick or can't fulfil their roles, he basically <laughs> just says, "Well, they can die." Yeah, yeah. and our and our, our society doesn't see that as acceptable at all. No. Yeah, no, that's that's really, yeah, it's a good observation. Um, yeah. Well, the 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 updated, um, heavenly virtues as deemed um, by the Catholics since those four are faith, hope, charity, fortitude, justice, temperance, and prudence. Is is one of the translations. So I think they they've added to it. They've added a couple. Yeah. Probably as a result. Yeah, of I, I think. I think those. I think I don't think it's debatable. But those ideas of mercy and charity and hope uh, are all things that have developed since with the advent of Christianity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You'd, you'd say though, I, I guess, like some of the the rules they're trying to put in place and the society they're trying to build would establish things like hope and I don't know. Hope it maybe, may yeah. and it may naturally foster something like charity in the way that they're operating that city because it is different to what is the current sort of situation that they're dealing with um, yeah, totally. you know, this perfect vision that they're trying to set up would probably you know in all likelihood have just naturally sort of have you know hope and a little bit of charity sort of occurring you know within well it, you but, do uh, well you you do hit on something interesting because remember we just got done talking about um religion the religious side of society was just going to be off to them um and even in early western society uh charity was pretty much uh was that was the um what do you call it was the purview of the church or churches yeah, yeah. or religion yeah so maybe it, it's possible that that's why they didn't even consider it as a virtue because they're looking at 
I guess what we would call today the secular state. Because it's, it's almost it's almost a given that uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say I would argue there's no space for for uh, charity in this model because in this model, if you um, uh, are too sick to do your job, the solution is you'll just die anyway. Like they they don't actually have a space for someone who's permanently disabled who can't do their function. It's essentially yeah. get better or you're going to die. It, there's other levels of charity though too, like besides uh, sort of health, I suppose. Um, so whilst maybe you're not able to function, but it, it could be just sort of, I don't know, someone's fallen on hard times or something, right? Mm. And they're like, okay, the, the potter's had to go and, I don't know, pawn all his tools or whatever to, well, sell off all these tools in order to, I don't know, get some situation sorted. And uh, yeah, but that's know, why they wanted to go buy some new tools. But but yeah, I, but, I don't know. But it, it, it could be that kind of thing as well. But I think that's why they wanted to standardise the the wages for those guys um, to avoid all those things. Like I think they thought that that was part of the solution. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not for the guardians. Um, no, for society. Like when they're talking about, um, I think there was still a standard. Didn't they talk about wages for the, the different trades? Uh, no, I thought that guardians. was just guardians. Okay, but yeah. they were very they were very big on you stay in your lane. Yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was. Yeah, sorry, go, mate. Oh, I was just going to say they had sort of established something which was kind of interesting though, in that the the, the middle class effectively would be the wealthy class, um, which was sort of different to most other sort of societies mm. as well. Um, and look, in fairness, if you think about how Greek society was then as well, you know, there was a, a really um, high level of wealth. So it wasn't just people who were necessarily like, you know, hunter-gatherers who are just sort of, you know, living hand-to-mouth every single day. I mean, there were certainly people who were living in luxury, loads of cash, you know. Yeah, they'd moved beyond that hunter-gatherer stage for sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, charity does have a, uh, relevance as far as discussion goes anyway so yeah, mm. right, yeah well... so sorry to sidetrack you but my but my my other my other spin-off question for that was <laughs> just taking these four taking these four sets of virtues um trying to apply them or promote them in today's current society do you think it, it's to be like talking a different language a bit um if you talk about um you know, wisdom and education um, really depends where you are and what kind of education you're talking about. Um, well, I think even that is 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 very different from their conception of education because their their education is is very much about character and developing character and developing yes. habit like good habits. I just mm. I don't think our education these days is not focused like that. I don't think. No, it, it's more about knowledge than than yeah, behavioural character and or all wisdom, that sort of thing. So to speak. Could yeah. you say that this should be applied to politics or those in position of authority? I think. Oh yeah, I, I think totally think they should treat our politicians like guardians. They should be on a fixed wage. They should. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I was going <laughs> to. No, I meant around these. Like, if you. Like maybe we're thinking too broadly because our society has many more layers, facets, 
yeah, than, so. than this uh, fictional republic. So, um, but you know, our equivalent of guardians would be our politicians. Um, mm. Yeah, equivalent. I'll use that word loosely. So, you know, is is that the right set of uh, standards for them? Wisdom, courage. I'd love some courage, uh, temperance, and justice. Like I think it. they'd be absolutely like aspirational for, for that kind of position. Um, sadly, aspirational, not actual. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I, I can't see how more of that stuff would be a bad thing. Put it that way. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's start breaking down what they lay out here. So. Wisdom is the first thing that they put forward. Yeah. Um, so actually they, kind they of talk about direct... what is wisdom. In yeah, and they're, they're really drawing like a direct um, parody to what you're talking about there with the politicians, Tim. I mean, because um, they're asking about, you know, the whether the wisdom is, you know, the knowledge of like trades or something like that, um, or whether it's, useful wisdom which i, I thought was a little <laughs> somewhat, bit um, yeah, yeah, a little bit elitist there um <laughs> yeah so i think they give the examples of if you're a carpenter you know the, mm. the knowledge of a carpenter isn't the sort of wisdom they're talking about or the the knowledge of the the person making pots um that's i not, think i think the distinction there is the city is having wisdom yeah yeah i was gonna say i think the distinction there is being having knowledge of uh, those trades is not what makes a state wise. Yes. I mean, it's not. It's not that it's not valuable. It's just when you're talking about the wisdom of the state, they're not talking about knowledge of those trades, which you know, I guess that takes the sting out of it a little. Well, and then they also refer to the military. I think so. They say in the same way that um, I just don't want to get this wrong, but essentially they say that uh, a city's um, courage. Oh, I'll probably jump ahead of you, but their courage isn't built on the courage of the blacksmith or the courage of the carpenter. It's built on the courage, the courage of, of, the, of the soldiers. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right, and and it's it's basically the same argument. But um, I, there's there is I think an important point that he tries to bring out, which I think becomes relevant later. But he essentially says, so those things, wisdom and courage, are applicable to a small number of people within the state. However, we take that to be an attribute of the state as a whole, even though it's only a small number that exhibit that particular virtue. Yeah. 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 And when they're looking for, for wisdom, yeah, again, like they're talking about um, the wisdom that's, that's useful for the running of a state. Um, yeah. And that it's about, you know, whether people could give counsel on matters that are going to influence the, how you deal with your neighbors, the politics of that, um, how you would go to war, uh, and all those kinds of things. And yeah, as Rube sort of says, you know, like whilst the, the knowledge of a carpenter is useful, it's not useful in that kind of circle. So they, they basically land on the fact that Glaucon sort of says, well, it's it's the guardians, obviously, who who have to fill that position because they have that knowledge, they have that education, um, and they can provide that kind of counsel that's needed um, in that sort of uh, situation. Yeah. Um I think that's a pretty good explanation. So that's kind of what they, they define wisdom as. Um, I highlighted a bit where they kind of define courage. Yep. I don't know whether I really understood what they were trying to say about courage. I'll read it out mm. and see what it, see what it is. 
Um, it's it's the analogy of die. Hmm. Oh Where yeah. They're talking about dying clothes. I I can explain um, so, that well. Oh, yeah, do it, please. Okay, so because <laughs> none of us are familiar with dying clothes, um, but all of us are Bunnings hacks. So, <laughs> and this room behind me, um, I built with the help of many others, but it, it was a garage and now it's a man cave. And if you look closely, you can see that I made this room, not a tradesman, um, because you'll see in the gyp rock, lots and lots of uneven spots and, and imperfections and dents from hammers um, character yeah character is one way of describing <laughs> it uh, so and so I think essentially the analogy is trying to give with the dying I can give with Jubrock which is no matter what colour you paint that Jubrock whether it's the best colour in the world if you haven't done the Jubrocking properly and got that surface undercoated so it's all really clean and white then when you paint that colour on there it's going to have imperfections so that was the point of the dying analogy was if you select the right fabric um, and then you dye it purple it will look good but if you haven't taken mm. the time to select the right white fabric um, then no matter how good the purple dye is the gown that you make out of it will look garbage because the the cloth and the selection process before applying the dye was garbage um, so then I think what they're saying is in the same way that the white cloth is under the purple it's the same for the application of courage for the soldiers and then the guardians in that the soldiers are like the undercoat and the guardians are the paint does that is that make sense more or did i confuse uh, you uh, even more uh, that's different uh, from yeah sorry there you go rips you go um see the way that i tried to reconcile that and i, I don't think i'm right by any means but the way i saw it was they're saying that courage is like a piece of clothing that when it's subject to punishment doesn't lose its color so what you want is people who when under pressure they don't lose that courage is not losing that color or or that character or what what is right and what is wrong under pressure i i, uh, I landed probably off. somewhere uh, a bit closer to tim i reckon um where yeah, you're um, right yeah. where it was something along uh, akin to sort of like you know you're building the foundation so if you don't start with the first thing with the dying was to, to have that perfect selection of the right raw material and that's like the guardian selection process right and then yeah. you know you go through the the further steps where you're building the education and um you know the indoctrination of you into this society and the levels and all that sort of thing and that's going to build you with such character that you have the resolve and strength. So maybe what you're saying, Rube's about, you know, being able to weather the the use and the challenges of life or where, whatever it's going to be and to be able to sort of <clears throat> remain strong in the face of challenge. You know, are you going to forget your, um, your training and your morals or whatever else when you're faced with temptation or you're faced with... I think pleasure or pain was basically the, the, the parallels that they sort of drew there. And that right, yeah. uh, if you're going to crumble when threatened or are you going to stand fast and be courageous for your city? That's, that's kind of and how that I was it. what courage is. Yeah. I yeah. Think that's good. Yeah. yeah. And I think, 
I think you're right, Lachlan. And I think the... Because um, he says, Then now, I said, you'll understand what our object was in selecting our soldiers and educating them in music and gymnastics. We were contriving influences which would prepare them to take the dye of the law's imperfection and the colour of their opinion about dangers and of every other opinion was to be indelibly fixed by their nature and training, not to be washed away by such potent lies as pleasure, etc., etc. Um, and that was also going back to where they were talking about, you know, if people could be easily influenced in a classroom, you know, that the uh, they could be challenged on their philosophy and be so quickly and easily turned away by some teacher or scholar who's challenging their beliefs and saying that, that they've got to be able to be strong enough to have resolve in the face of that sort of thing. So basically courage is that ability to hold fast. Yeah, I mean, it's almost faith in a way. It's, you know, sticking to it in a way, you know, like... Yeah. Um, right, so that, uh, so that's... So there's that wisdom we've covered and then courage? Yes. Yep. So now we're up to... Temperance. Temperance, yes, yeah. Temperance. Which mine, and, which I think I said earlier, which mine translates as self-discipline. Yeah, mm. and, but but Socrates is a fan of the temperance. He reckons this is the the best of the three so far. Well, mm. and I think he, that's this is where he also says uh, temperance is applicable to the whole, everyone in the state. This is not just um, something that's displayed by um, you know the the guardians or whatnot. It's temperance is something that every individual should display. So does anyone have a crack at what, what is meant by temperance? Because I, I was a bit lost on this too. <laughs> well, I was talking about this around the fire with my kids tonight. Right. So that was interesting. Um, I'm probably way off, but I was just talking about it with them. So I'll give you the example. So I was, um, cause I was talking about uh, temperance um, or, or moderation and I um, so I said to my son, I'm like, why, why do you think moderation is important to be just? And he was like, oh, I don't know. What, what does moderation mean? And I'm like, that's a good question. I'm like, well, if you play Xbox 10 hours a day, every single day, that's not really playing it in moderation because it's going to stop you from exercising. It's going to stop you from going to work. It's going to stop you from going to school. It's going to stop you from having face-to-face -face interactions with your family and friends because you're just doing one task. And... You know, that can be true for anything. It can be for reading books. It can be for playing soccer. Um, but, you know, this is wrong with gaming because that's the one that he does. <laughs> and um, I'm like, say, so, you know, moderation is important because it means you don't miss out on other things. Like, but what about from a justice perspective? And so I said this example, it made both my kids laugh out loud. I was like, okay, so your friend from school just stole a bag of lollies from the shops. 200 years jail. And, and and he just started laughing. He goes, "That's ridiculous." I'm like, "But that's that's why you need to have moderation. Like, it needs to be a, a, a moderate amount of punishment, right? You can't just go, here's 200 years of punishment for a small crime.' And likewise, you wouldn't want to go, uh, I'll wait until that guy gets to five murders before I do something.' You know, because um, that's not just either. So, how does moderation fit in there? And he's like, "You've got to have a fair punishment." So he kind of like, it was interesting to, to have a kid sort of go, well, what's moderation? And then 
give them an example of justice where, where moderation wasn't used and they just laugh because they realize that's ridiculous i'm like well, why is it why is it ridiculous why is it ridiculous for a kid to be to steal a bag of lollies to get 200 years jail and he's like because it's only a small crime <laughs> so i don't know how helpful that is for the conversation but like i was trying to talk to my kids about it just to see what they thought around the campfire cool. tonight and um so we've decided moderation is finding that sweet spot of not having too much and too little because that's what makes sense for things that we do and there is one saying that i've taught my son which is a stoic saying which is pleasures without limits are punishments and that's something i've been hammering into him and he's like yes yeah, so if you eat just food all day all day all day like bad food like mcdonald's or something like that then you'll get sick you'll get too fat you'll get sick you'll die early i'm like yeah so it becomes punishment that's one of your seven deadly sins isn't it gluttony hey yeah that's what he's actually <laughs> said. he's like oh it's gluttony <laughs> so it, it was a cool conversation if you know if mm. a 12 year old and a 10 year old can understand at some level what moderation is then surely i can figure it out <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a pretty good uh, pretty good baseline there. Because I mean, yeah, it more or less, he's talking about self control, and yeah. um, that a, a a person, a man, should be able to look at temptation and make a a rational decision in their in their mind and say that's not worth it. I'm gonna stick to the the, the path that I'm that I've chosen to walk. Right. And whatever yeah, temptation. In, in, um, in my book, it says uh, what temperance does is it produces a harmony between its strongest and weakest and middle elements. Whether you measure by the standard of intelligence or of strength or of numbers or money or the like, and so we are quite justified in regarding self-discipline or temperance as this un unanimity in which their unanimity okay, I don't know how to say that word in which there is a natural concordance between higher and lower about which of them is to rule in the state and the individual um, so of my kind of takeaway from that is he's kind of saying temperance creates harmony between your different levels it's like a yin state, yang but, idea right yeah mm. I, I, it's interesting I from what I read, it was sort of like they're saying that they're going to look at the guardians as kind of like the embodiment of what temperance looks like. And as the leaders for the state, they're sort of setting the example. And that by doing so, the rest of the citizens are going to sort of, I don't know, follow it and embrace it. And that they're all sort of singing from the same hymn sheet, so to speak whilst they're all at yeah. different levels and different hierarchies in the society, everyone will understand this is the way we should be in a good society and, and we're all going to want to participate and have that harmony like you're talking about, Rubes. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea of it. I'm, um, I'm not so sure it naturally... Uh, look, I guess, you know, if, if you're in a society and you're and your leaders are truly temperate. And that's what they're talking about in this thing is like being true and not just looking like you're doing something, but actually being something. Um, and all of your society, all of your leaders are of that nature. I guess it does just sort of filter down into 
everything else, right? Into the courts, the legislators, um, the, the general populace. So, so I guess there is something to what they're talking about there. Yeah, yeah and that's so. kind of what I think they were getting at what we were talking about last week, where it's like if, if you've got people that know how to act, you don't need to legislate down to the nth degree of every little thing because people are just doing what's right. Yeah. And I think also it's almost like touching on how they sort of had that enforced income for the guardians mm. because it is kind of enforced. It's legislated temp, uh, temperance, basically. They can't go nuts because they've only got so much money and they're not sort of permitted well, to yeah. go beyond that. Well, then they basically sort of said that, uh, you know, it's really removing any chance of temptation there because they haven't got money to pay for a Corinthian girl. Or, uh, <laughs> or the Athenian suites or whatever it was. That's right. That's right. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they can't sort of possess um, property or uh, gold and silver and lots of thing and, um, or, or, you know, have a room yeah, with a so door you... on it where you can hide something. So, so I mean, <laughs> if you're setting up that kind of uh, situation, you're kind of like absolving them of the choice in some ways <laughs> but but it sort of goes back to what you're saying that if you know if your rulers are temperate and they're considered you know the the highest the gold of society so to speak then the idea yep. being that everyone will sort of look to that as a guide or a, you know mm. yeah exactly well uh, drum roll <laughs> so what is justice which is what we've been trying to get an answer for forever yeah <laughs> well <laughs> should we comment firstly on 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 the method that socrates has kind of put out he's sort of said you've got these four and if we can identify the three then what's left will give us justice that's sort of what he says isn't it yeah, yeah. i almost feel like he's testing the theory of the four two in this moment does that occur yeah. to you yeah. like do you think he's actually going well Traditionally, we say these are the four things. If we take these three things away, the fourth will remain. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, though, he's only really got a label for it. And this is where they they sort of hit a bit of a roadblock, in a sense, because whilst they're sort of saying, you know, we think that's what the fourth pillar should be, is justice and whatever else we, can, uh, we can't attribute to those other three, whatever's left must be justice, right? Yeah. They still can't quite put their finger on it. And again, uh, yeah, one, of them, one of them says, yeah, which one of them goes, oh, <laughs> you're a long time leading up to what you've got to say. I'm getting impatient. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was overdue. Yeah. Very overdue. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, have a, they have quite a bit of sort of wordplay going back and forward on all of that. So, uh, because basically Socrates is just saying, oh, you know, it should be self-evident now, you know, and uh, so guys, what can you see? And then, you know, again, Glaucon's having to put it back on him and say, mate, come yeah. on. Can I, can I read this? Because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So the time then has arrived, Glaucon, when, like Huntsman, we should surround the cover and look sharp that justice does not steal away and pass out of sight and escape us. For beyond a doubt, she's somewhere in this country. Watch therefore and strive to catch a sight of her, and if you see her first, let me know. What that I could, but you should regard me rather as a follower who has just eyes enough to see what you show him. That is about as much as I am good for. Offer up a prayer Stop with me and Socrates. follow. Goes, Stop stalling, Socrates. Stop stalling, mate. But you must show me the way. <laughs> Here is no path, I said, and the wood is dark and perplexing. 
Still, we must push on. Or let's push on. Here, I saw something. Hello, I said. I began to perceive a track, and I believe that the quarry will not escape. Good news, he said. <laughs> Truly, I said, we are stupid fellows. <laughs> Why so? Why, my good sir, at the beginning of our inquiry ages ago, there was justice tumbling out at our feet, and we never saw her. Nothing could be more ridiculous, like people who go about looking for what they have in their hands. That was the way with us. We looked not at what we were seeking, but at what was far off in the distance, and therefore, I suppose, we missed her. Still stalling. Still what stalling. do you mean? What it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean to say that in reality, for a long time past, we've been talking of justice and have failed to recognise her. <laughs> I grow impatient about... at the length of your exordium. <laughs> uh... It's something funny about Socrates, because right at the start he goes, I'm not going to let this go. Justice is important. Yeah, I will yeah. defend it. I'll defend it to my dying breath. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't think he knows what it is, but uh, he's having a crack yeah. at it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so now he rambles on more. Like, uh, well, you know, um, uh, you know we, we said at the beginning that a man should practice one thing only, the thing to which his nature was best adapted. Now justice is this principle or a part of it. Yes, we often said that one man should do one thing only. <laughs> okay, this, this guy just keeps saying, yeah, we did. We did yeah. that too. <laughs> and further, we affirmed that justice was doing one's own business and not being a busybody. We said so again and again, and many others have said the same to us. Yes, we said so. Then to do one's own business in a certain way may be assumed to be justice. Can you tell me whence I derive this inference? <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Glaucon's just not having it. He's just like, no. yeah, but what's your point? <laughs> so, right. Uh, He's so lost. Yeah. They, they keep keep digging, don't they? <sighs> so, if, so guess, yeah, when did I find this out? And Glaucon's like, I can't tell you when you found it out, but I should like to be told when you found it out. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. Justice is minding your own business. Is that... Doing what you're here to do and minding your own business. I'm going to remove my jumper. Give me a sec. I'm hot. Because <laughs> that just... Um... Well, I it, don't know. I think it seems all they anticlimactic. Yeah. It was the, the power of the individual to do their own work was, I think, basically what they sort of land on justice being. Yeah, that's and, uh, better. That's better than mind your own business. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think it's kind of like. Um, well, hang on. I'll put I get what they're here. sort of getting at, maybe, but it's, it's just. Um, uh, you're right there. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just saying. Um, I'll read out what he says. It is. Go for it. Um, so it's to do one's own business in a certain way may be assumed to be justice. Like, how vague is that? Yeah. Um, um, all right, so what are the different ways you can take that? Because we're talking, remember, we're talking about a society, like on a societal level. So is he saying that it's, because my, my immediate takeaway was, so justice is the state <laughs> leaving the little guy alone to do his job well. So piss off with your red tape. 
go away with your regulations and your, and your, and your intrusive. We don't need that. Just leave the guy alone because what is justice mm. is for him to do his job and to do it unimpeded. Well, and, you know, to be unimpeded, but also it sort of gets back to another argument that they are having, well, not argument, but just something they kept talking about, which was that if you're in a class, you stick to that class. And that's where they get to with this because it's, it's, they start talking about if you're kind of like uh, impersonating somebody else's role, like say you're a merchant and you want to be a politician. But really, your skill set is to be a merchant. And for the benefit of the state, you should be a merchant. You shouldn't be a politician. And that it's ruinous for the state if you try and do a function that's not the best thing for you to do. So you're um, not doing justice to the state or the people around you if you take on something well, that you're not designed yeah, to Yeah, well, because basically they always sort of say the, the, uh, the opposite to a truth is also true, right? So like they're sort of saying if... If you're doing doing that is an injustice, then doing the the role that you're supposed to be doing is justice. Is justice. Ah, very good. I think that's where he so goes, that's... but I think he immediately starts to destroy that argument because <laughs> he he was he's saying... popping out of his ass, frankly, yeah. right? And he's just grabbing on to whatever <laughs> but he goes. He can this... So he does fun. describe that. He goes, "This is injustice," and on the other hand, when the trader, the auxiliary, and the guardian each do their own business, that is justice, and will make the city just. And he goes, well, I don't want to be over, overly confident. Like, I, I like this, but let's not be over uh, confident. Let's investigate. And then they start investigating it at the individual level. Oh, that's right. He kind of says, well, if we're right, then this will be the same on the at the individual level. And if it's the same at the individual level, we can be more confident that, that this is what it is. Yeah. Is that roughly yeah. what he says? Kind of. And then that's where we go into next week's episode I reckon because um, once you start looking yeah. at that individual level it gets massive um, it's just I don't so know funny I think I'm going to have to think about that because it's such a simple thing and it mm. yeah I, I, I get where they're coming from but, and uh, look, they do use an example uh, where they talk about um, where was it um, ba 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 they talk about the, the rulers of the state um, determining the law and the basis of the law. Um, and it may be that a man may neither take uh, um, may no, neither take what is another's nor be deprived of what is his own, right? And that this is a just principle, which they agree. Um, and on that basis, then they sort of say, well, then also justice will be admitted to be the having and doing of what is man's own and what belongs to him. But that right. does feel like justice. That yeah, feels more like justice, yeah. um, but uh, he's, they're still just kind of like tossing around a few different concepts in amongst here. Um, well, I've got another idea. Another way that I, I kind of had a run at it was minding your own business. There's another aspect to that, which would be personal responsibility. So living up to your own personal responsibilities. Yeah. Um, and if you're looking at it in the context of the conversation, that would then also include behaving with courage and temperance and mm. uh whatever that last one was which Wisdom. is where i th which is why i think they move into this let's look at this at the level of the person i, I think you're on i think you're on the same track there Ruben. i think mm. a simple way to yeah simple way to say mm. it would be if you're not doing what's best for the state 
if you're not acting right, you're not doing justice to the state. And now mm. the next question is, is that the same as not doing justice to yourself and to others as individuals? Well, yeah, but I think that thing that they're talking there before about the legislation thing, though, does kind of bring that back in on that that personal angle, though, as well, because it's sort of saying that whole thing about, you know, whilst it's keeping to yourself, but it, it I think they mean a little bit more literally, like, don't mess in another man's business by, like, stealing their shit, bad-mouthing them or whatever. Yeah. Because that's unjust behavior, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just that sort of inference of that, like you're saying, Rubes, like that personal responsibility to just get on and, and do your job without screwing around in everyone else's kind of biz that's just slowing down the process and causing infighting or whatever else in that society, which is just a waste of energy and all that sort of thing, all that stuff that comes with injustice. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, I, th- let's... I think that's where you're getting to, but they haven't quite kind of fleshed it out. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they get Probably there. Probably need to hook in next week and see what... Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's let's uh, stroll up to our favourite place to have a debrief at uh, the local pub for lots of us. <laughs> and um, let's, uh, let's uh, talk about the last four and a half chapters so we, I, I feel like we've got to a point in the book and I might be wrong but I feel like we've got to a point in the book where they've done their assessment of their fictional republic and we're about to hone down onto the individual um, so discuss I mean where where do we uh, is, is that a satisfying answer of what justice is let's 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 talk that, that's our question is that a satisfactory answer at a society level of what is justice? I think on a surface level, no. And I feel like <laughs> we've fleshed it out, but I think at this point we might be apologizing. <laughs> I think you're like right. We're, we're engaging in apologetics on behalf of Socrates at this point. Because some of the stuff we've said, I'm not even sure whether that's really where he's coming from. I mean, if it is, then it's probably a little bit nicer than what we initially thought, which was mm. mind your own business. That's got to be more than that. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. I 100% agree. It's just like on the surface value, like there is no definition. Like we're all talking about it and say, well, did they actually define it? And it's like, well, I think it's this, I think it's that. And they, they haven't really kind of like landed on it. Um, like I said, I think Socrates is still sort of like just clutching at straws here, trying to pull together. I, I don't think it's like with our inference, you can sort of maybe sort of see where they're trying to get to, but. As you say, you know, maybe that's just us. I'm not too sure if he's really there yet. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think and, it's actually closer than we think it is. Right. When I when I start thinking about it, so let, I hope I have the intelligence to say what I'm seeing <laughs> in my mind's eye. Um, so, if you think about um, uh, different scenarios where you go to court and you're pursuing justice what has happened so let's think about if you have property that you've worked for and obtained and then it's stolen then that's injustice that aligns with this definition yes it does if someone mind your own business yes and and you're entitled to what you earn and other people can't take that from you so that aligns if you think um, uh, someone kills someone who is related to you 
well that, that, that aligns to this definition because that person can no longer do their function um, and, and, and their, their, their purpose for, for the good of the civilization. Uh, if your property is damaged, which stops you from being able to do those things or it impacts you no longer being able to invest your earnings on your business, but now mm. you're on your welfare because it's been damaged, then that violates this definition. Like I, I'm actually trying to think of examples that you would go to court with that this definition doesn't apply to. Well, I, you know what, too, to extent, I just thought of something as you were saying that, to extend on that, minding your own business, if you lounge around, don't get a job, and don't mind your own business, or don't create a business for yourself, I think that mm. would also fall within this definition. I think somebody who would dwell in society, benefit from it, but not contribute, I think most people would see that as an injustice as well. Could well be. I, I think um, there are a few different sort of attributes to this. And look, could it be... Yeah, look, you might be right, Tim, because, like, you know, well, I think you are right as far as that tenant goes around the core of what the law is. I, I guess I just had in mind that justice was going to be something that was a bit more than personal property and just sort of, I don't know, doing fulfilling your own duty. Yeah, I, I, I guess just because the the reverence in the way that we've sort of built this thing up, it just felt like it's going to be something more than that, though. That's all. <laughs> but, but could you define no, yeah. it as taking that the definition is that you are achieving your proper place in society as a functioning person? And so anything that, that still feels a little empty. But is, but is it like it, it's it's like maybe if, not if you can't if if something obstructs you from being the best you you can be in and to function at the best level that you can function at to the good of society, mm. then that's an injustice. What well, would you then sort of say that injustice is to take away purpose? That is an injustice. Yeah, yeah, because that, that sort of seems to be what they're talking about here is like. You know, this this society has given you a purpose, and if there's something that happens, it takes away your purpose. Yeah. You know, so, so why why is um, I think it's a good definition. I think we've not realised how good it is. Like if if you think about uh, imprisoning people, um, like if you invade somewhere else and and stop those people from living properly, or you, you set up a segregation where you have a, a different set of rules for one people to another it still means that they can't be their best and contribute to society. Like, a, a, I don't know, like a, a, everything that, that's what I'm saying, I'm struggling to think of a definition that mm. doesn't work with this definition. Or yeah, example yeah. that doesn't work with this definition. I, think, I feel I like it's, it's an underwhelming... To, it warrants further thought. I'm, I'm definitely going to dwell on it and give it some thought throughout the week. It certainly fits with, uh, you know, Socrates' simple philosophy, you know what I mean? Like, why overcomplicate it? Let's 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 keep it simple. And in that sense, it, it is simple and it does function, like you're sort of saying, Tim. It functions. Um, like, if, if someone hurt my child, that that impacts... And parking the, the fact... I'm not saying it's sensitive. Um, mm. Parking the fact that it's impacted my child, that actually does impact me as well because it impacts my productivity level and all these different like I, I'm not saying it's 
perhaps it's not the complete definition of what justice is, but mm. I think it's a part of what justice is. They get yeah, there. which yeah. they they more or less say because yeah. they, they kind of go yeah let's 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 see where we go when we start looking at the individual. Yeah, I, I think it's going to wind up being something a little different, but I, I think that's certainly going to be a tenet of it though for sure. It feels um, like Newton's law. Like it, it feels like it's it's good enough to get us into the air. Yeah, <laughs> but then we'll probably fine tune it later. You're going to need Einstein, right. Einsteinian physics later on to supplement it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about more broadly in terms of where? Let's just say we're roughly halfway. Okay. Well, I don't know whether you, whether you could say, but we're halfway. We're roughly halfway. What What are people's more broad thoughts? Because mine are, I'm still really enjoying it. Like particularly how we were laughing about them sort of having a go at each other. I'm still finding when yeah. it gets dry that it sort of gets broken up with with banter and, and in terms of entertainment value I'm still really enjoying it yeah me too um, it's also caused me to uh, research and look up a whole bunch of other stuff as well because there's words or concepts that aren't necessarily used today or are used in different ways and sometimes like just I'm just like oh you know they've used a specific word and I'll be like you know I've got an idea what that means, but let me just check what the real, you know, definition of what that is. Cause it, sometimes it's got a bit more sort of weight or meaning to it than, mm. than what I thought. So it's, it's been good in that sense, I think just broadening of horizons, <laughs> you know, and just general understanding, which is never a bad thing. Uh, hey, here's an interesting question. You know how Socrates bangs on about that education and, you know, we need to have mm. that education and build that character. Do you feel like really reading this book would function in that way? as in giving uh giving us a better understanding of character to be able to impart in our uh, lives and like if, if socrates if socrates wrote a curriculum for our kids yeah. would he would would he include his own book well i think he's eager it's, <laughs> I don't think he would because he never wrote anything down that's why plato wrote well, it down well yeah, right. yeah. Good but would it qualify i don't know I don't think so. I, I think he likes to set framework and uh, allow others to sort of do the, the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you mean that in the nicest way possible. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but look, I think he's definitely got some good ideas. And, you know, if you do think about it, you know, it does, um, it does bring to question, you know, where do we where is character instilled from in the education of kids today? And um, obviously that's a big part of the role of the parent, right? And you're going to have to say that that's probably where it's falling at the moment because they're certainly not getting that in school. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I wouldn't think that. You might be getting some elements, but... Um, that's what we were talking yeah. about the other week when I suggested mm. that we actually don't have that uh, noble lie in our country because of us being so diverse which yeah it's not a criticism just a statement but uh yeah, yeah i don't even know if it's about the 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 all-encompassing um unifying myth yeah but but even just discussing um i suppose 
pretty generic personal philosophy and stuff like that. I don't know, maybe it's a bit hard for kids to get their heads around. I mean, but kids are usually a lot smarter than you give them credit for, if you know what I mean. And, oh, uh, I'm discovering that like around the campfire, you know. Absolutely, yeah. But it's that, like and, our society hammers into us. You never talk about religion or politics. Hmm. And that's, ex- yeah, that's exactly what that I want to set out to do <laughs> with this show, like in part. Like yeah. you have to, we have yeah. to talk about them. Otherwise, how are you going to, figure it out how are you gonna learn about it but my my response to that to that statement you should never discuss religion and politics my response to that is what else is there to discuss well, i was Xbox. gonna say i mean you know like what else is there <laughs> well more or less when you look look back at some of this socratic writing and all and or plato's writing and all that sort of stuff i suppose that is what they were talking about it's it's it, yeah. politics 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 what what else is there you know like uh yeah. I wonder if because our forefathers were so successful at building the society we're in, we just haven't had to think about these things. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this uh, makes me think a lot about conversations I used to have with my grandfather because um, he had some you know, very strong um, views on, on politics in this country and, you know, we'd have really long conversations uh you know, it's those things like you'd have dinner and dinner would run for hours because you'd wind up just talking about what's been happening in the news as far as, you know, what Australia is doing and what our pol- politicians are doing about it and, um, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And uh, it's funny, I don't have that dialogue really anymore with anyone uh, since my grandfather's passed away because it, you're right, it's not a conversation that you tend to have as broadly in this current sort of society. Um, but it's part of that also because it's more tribal now. Like you've got this very, I know we're not America, but there's still like a very strong left versus right sort of mentality. And, you know, it, like I'm wearing a Panthers hat right now. It's like Panthers versus Eels mentality. Like, oh, if you've got a Panthers hat on, you suck. Or if you've got an Eels hat on, you suck. You know, everyone knows that if the Eels hat means you suck, not the Panthers hat. Um, but you so, know, so people just feel like you're better off not mentioning what your politics well, you know, are or what your yeah. religion is. Or I mean, there's guys at work who wear eels clothes. Whenever I see them, I say, "I'm trying to build a culture of winning here. Why are you wearing that?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just to torment them. But look, seriously though, like I think maybe like I recall, my grandfather would watch uh, Channel Nine news and then go straight to ABC news, and he wasn't offended yeah. by either. He would just watch both. And I'd say, why do you watch both for? It's the same news stories. And you go, oh, they have different perspectives. So I watch the two and then I kind of figure out what I think from watching both of them. Mm. And um, But no one does that anymore because people get offended no. by one or the other. Well, there's that. But also I think like um, more people these days are being informed by social media than actual factual information. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, here's an experiment I've been doing. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, For the last few weekends in a row, I've bought a newspaper and I've read it from cover to cover to see what the news is like without algorithms telling me what my news should be. Mm. And I have found many articles that I would never have seen and had no idea were a thing um, by just getting a newspaper. And I've changed which newspaper it is each week, so I'm not just buying one newspaper. Um, but that's been a really interesting experiment because I've seen a lot of things come up that I had no idea were going on. Uh, and yet I check, you know, news.com.au daily. I check SMH daily. I check my Facebook feed daily. 
no idea about half of these things and they're relevant like they're australia specific proper things that we probably should know about had no idea do, do we need yeah. to have another segment on this podcast called what's in the paper or is that that's it's not, not a... middle-aged man stuff that's old man stuff yeah I'm building up to it. <laughs> building up to it. It, it is but um you know it, it's also relevant um i don't know i mean it, it's actually something i've been giving some thought to recently and uh, like in particular i think i don't see enough about sort of world events and you know what's happening outside of our shores as well other than you know the usual sort of us diatribe that we sort of get sort of pumped into us over here and i guess um like i, I watched a bit of uh sbs world news and stuff like that which i i hadn't watched for a long time but they often have like really good reporting on sort of what's happening outside of our borders and you can sort of see some really different stuff that's going on and go God damn, there's some really hectic shit going on that most of us here are pretty cocooned from. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, we're, we're too busy watching, I don't know, Tracy Griswold talking <laughs> about, you know, someone doing skids down Parramatta Road or something. I don't know. Yeah. I can highly uh, recommend a YouTube channel called Caspian Report. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They do one report a week. They usually go for 20 minutes to 40 minutes and mm-hmm. they will choose a the geopolitical they'll just choose the continent and go this is currently what's going on um Mm. and they're extremely neutral they don't push any specific political agenda excellently made uh videos Mm. and they talk about hard topics you know they talk about you know is china going to uh invade you know Taiwan or something like that or is um the India China conflict where's that up to or what's going on in the Middle East They'll just dig right in and put it all on the table um, mm. without calling any of the players a villain, without calling any of the players the hero. They'll just say, this has happened, this country is now doing this, this seems yep. to be their strategy, and they just lay it out. It's brilliant. It's a really good channel. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's surprising when you start looking outside um, what's going on. I mean... Uh, so a couple of months back, you know, uh, Burma had a coup, uh, a coup and the military took over the country. And it's like, I'd guarantee like 95% of Aussies had no idea that's going on. Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure I could point out Burma on a map. Is it near Cambodia? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blurry borders. It's all good. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, like I just think um, most people don't really have maybe enough knowledge to, and I'm putting myself in that basket as well, right? To feel confident arguing about politics in Australia even now, because I don't know how well informed are they aside from looking at the tweets for whoever's putting out stuff this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much rhetoric around too. Yeah, how do you get past that? Actually, just look at objectively what's going on. It's very difficult. Mm. Fake news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was a good conversation. Um, so, what what do we want to say? Our definition of justice is based on reading this. If we had to formulate a sentence, what is justice? Um, what do we According to Socrates. So far? True. Sure. 
Yeah, what do we... You mean according to... Um, yeah. Oh. Just, justice man. is smooching off your mates while you ramble. <laughs> <laughs> Talking out your ass. Drinking their wine. <laughs> so he's, be... he's getting justice. He's doing what he's good at. <laughs> mm. Could it be doing the best with what you've got and not messing around with what other people have. Is that good for a layman? Yeah. I, I still like that, um, which was just the paragraph in there, which was the, the having and doing of what is a man's own and what belongs to him. Yeah, that's um, good. Because, yeah, just if you're looking after your own stuff and you're not messing with someone else's, then you're going to be doing the right thing. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Might be another way of saying that. Sure. <laughs> mm. Well, that was good. Um, look forward to next week and we start to dive into the uh, zoomed in version of the individual. Mm. Justice um, as an individual. All right, mm. cool. Well, thanks for joining us, gentlemen. If you're listening at home uh, we appreciate you joining in and hooray we've got some sort of definition at this uh, <laughs> zoomed out level so we're making progress and uh, you know just like this definition uh, the Republic wasn't built in a day and neither were middle aged men uh, so have a great week and we'll catch you next time ciao